It's whatever concoction my sister made. But see, I mean, call when it they different names used to call it death. I mean, yeah, it, it tastes like it. That's why you can have the rest of death. Yes, just call it death because that's what it is. It's all death. All so death. So she tries to kill us. Yeah. Um, is that what she calls it too, or you just call? No, it it's death? just everything my sister makes at this point is death because. Like, like I said, those bottles were full. And every time I would turn around, I had another bottle in front of me. I'm like, nigga, you trying to kill me. Clearly. But, you know, thankfully we survived. That being thankfully said, you did too. When you if did. you want to listen to this song since you lighten up, put the headphones on. Okay. I figure it's appropriate. Man, if you don't reach over there. So I can take a good talk. Make sure it's plugged in our way. Just push it into the back of it, dork. I am. That's, I have to get up and do that. I mean, unless you think my arm fits Make it thing so much harder. Screw it. But, what? By the way, the song was Indo Smoke by Mr. Graham. Oh. Whatever. But with that being said, you always like to make things difficult because this is what you do. No, you could just be a little prepared and just say, No, because hey. I could care less because it was never anything broke. So if it was anything messed up, it's because you messed it up. No. With that being lies, said, lies. let me introduce the podcast. So we've been recording this whole entire time. No, we just started recording. Like, I don't remember. When I told you I was going to start, we're going to hold on, and then we stopped. And oh, we so you, you tricked me. No, I didn't. You tricked me. I told you I'm playing a song, and that's when I started But recording. usually you go in five, four, three, two, one. Oh, no, I didn't tell you that. I told you I was going to start recording, nigga. That 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 usually you Why give me matter? a countdown. Why does it matter? You give me a countdown. Why does it matter? You, that's what you usually do. Why does it matter, though? Because I, the, I, I, I just thought I just want you to know. How about that? You see, you do you this shit all the time. You do wanna, this shit all complain? the time. You want to complain? You want to complain? You want to complain? All you want to do is complain. Like them old pictures at my job. Um, what episode is this? 77. It's not. It is not 77. It's definitely not 77. We still in the 60s? No, we're in the 70s. It's definitely not 77, though. Uh, wasn't the last one 76, though? I don't remember. How do you don't remember? I just asked you, so clearly if I remembered, I wouldn't ask you. Now would I? I mean, this is your show. You obviously should remember. Oh, 74. 74. So, this is the Donald DeCaney Podcast, episode 74. Oh. Um, I am joined, as you can hear in the background, because 
It's such a grating voice. It's kind of like nails on a chalkboard at this point. Oh, it was a great uh, voice. That's great what it scene, sounds grating, like. Grating, I heard. Like, like it's like no, he it's made like literally great. rubbing your fingers on a, a, a cheese grater. Of course, I know I have a great voice. Great teen, great teen. I specific. I speak clear English. Not really. You just like parsing words. You studied words. in Japan. You, you actually talk like one of the Trump supporters that like take one word out of what you really. said and apply it to something that makes no sense. Fake news. Um, Definite fake news. Ashley K.A.Y. is joining me today. Yep. Um, sure am. At your service. I am Will K. the King of the Down with the King podcast. All those great things. As I stated, it's episode 74. Um, and we are here to talk and shoot the shit. Yep. I might shoot Ashley. You just never know what's going to happen gonna at this you. point. I'm going to burn you. I will burn you. I'm not worried because I have better reflexes than you. You and don't also, know that. I'm very aware but of it. I, I, I have cat-like reflexes, yeah, too. Okay. Yeah. And I also can kill you with my bare hands, so it's not the point. Now you got your eye will be stabbed out. No. I know the no. Oedipus method. I, Oedipus I, know how to, I know how to fight with knives and fight against one, too. So it's not that uh, hard for me. Okay. Like, I mean, just saying. Just, just letting you know. I can drug you. you. I can always you. drug you. You gave me Nothing, a word I, I put in the freezer. Me. You couldn't. I wouldn't drink anything you gave me because I. Like you have drunk is something that because uh, remember that one time I improvised and made drinks when we were all over yeah, there. Yeah, there was also the stuff in my food. fridge though. <laughs> it was stuff. What from is my that house. even? That, no, that's alcohol. I, it's still my stuff, and I also you didn't make it from scratch. It's not the point. It's yeah. all from my freezer. There's also not enough alcohol in my freezer for you to ever get me fucked up that much. I'm very aware of what's in my freezer. Unless I have some Everclear in there, you no barely more. drink anything that's in your freezer. Literally, he I, has a not, he has a bar in his freezer. First of all, gentlemen. that's he because does. I don't I, liquor doesn't affect me, so I only drink when I need to. Mm-hmm. I, there's no point in me just sitting and there. And then, then he I'm got like lush. ten random bottles of wine in the fridge as well, too. Like that he's collected from coworkers. No, people it, give me shit. Or I, some of the stuff I bought, like uh, some of the stuff I bought for mimosas and shit like that, which I've drank. One of the bottles is half empty. I've drank, I made mimosas and shit like that. I have champagne from back on my sister's birthday party. And I took an extra bottle from that. Like, it's like I just have shit. Mm-hmm. For just in case if I need to crack it open for a chick or something, you just never know. What, oh, well, now what it's the, for what a chick. the moment happens. He, he, he what were we talking about before you decided to really interrupt me on when we before we started? You're asking about video games. Okay. Um, so we were talking about video games because Ashley was talking about how she sucked at them. I didn't um, say I sucked. She sucked at them. Um, I, be, I told you, I beat Crash Bandicoot. That was an easy so, ass game to beat. So no, it's not. No, it is not. It's a very easy game to beat. No, it is not. It's very much an easy game to beat. Crash Bandicoot 2. I've beaten all the Crash Bandicoots, nigga. This is the second one. All of them. But that was difficult. All of them. All of them. Okay. And I don't even play PlayStation like that. That was a one game on PlayStation I played. Um, I think other than like Final Fantasy. You didn't play uh, Resident Evil? We played a little bit, but it was on every other platform. It wasn't just on PlayStation, so it oh. didn't matter. So, the way it was now... So, growing up, I had... So, the first system I had, I had an Atari when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We didn't have Atari. And then, it was before your time, first of all. Um, I, like, when I tell you, it was, like, early 80s. So, then, my parents bought me the original Sega. Before it was Genesis, it was the original Sega. yeah. Well, we didn't, yeah. The didn't gun guess. didn't, I think the gun or something didn't work. So they took it back and exchanged it. And that's how we got our Nintendo. Oh, okay. And so we had Nintendo for a so long time. So the original Sega came with a gun too? like, like Nintendo. the Nintendo did, yeah. So the original Sega, then we had a Nintendo. Had Nintendo for a while, for years. Um, and then eventually we got um, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo, I got one of those. Yeah, we had that. And the Super Nintendo. And then I think when PlayStation had, my brother got PlayStation. 
I got Nintendo 64. And then it just stayed that way. And, and then I got from Nintendo 64, I got a Dreamcast. He stayed in the PlayStation line of things. And then eventually I got a Xbox. He stayed in the PlayStation line. And so it just became it. I was always alternate. He was always staying in the PlayStation line. I always alternated based on what was popping. Only thing, only, yeah. I think the only thing I didn't get was a GameCube. The only Nintendo thing I didn't get was a GameCube. We had a GameCube. It wasn't that great. I didn't, have, I didn't great. have a Wii or a GameCube. A Wii. Um, I think my they. I think they eventually did buy a Wii off my my nephew and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you uh, have? Did you ever have Dreamcast? I specifically just said I had a Dreamcast. Okay. Well, I specifically just said that. Okay. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I just that. said that I had a Dreamcast. <laughs> I say I went from a Nintendo 64 to a Dreamcast. That's what we just said that. Well, no, we actually so we had the Nintendo, then we had Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, then we had PlayStation N64, then PlayStation. Oh, for, that's, two. That, that Sega Genesis. We had Sega Genesis before, so we had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, N64, PlayStation, Dreamcast. Our Xbox. neighbor had Dreamcast, so we, we if we wanted to play Dreamcast, I mean, listen, the only we thing had to we didn't have was a Q- GameCube. Really, we had everything else. Oh yeah, we had GameCube. We did have Even GameCube. I said that already, but um, and we did have a what was that? Um, Turbo Graphics sixteen. We didn't have that. We yeah, we, my cousin yeah. had that. I think Turbo Graphics. I didn't have Sega CD either. Yeah, no. But that wasn't very popular, though, right? It was the precursor to the Dreamcast, basically. Okay. It was like their first attempt at doing a CD thing and going from cartridges, but it didn't didn't pick up any. Like, Turbo Graphics was 16 and Sega CD. They were both the first ones that used this, like CD. Oh, so that was what the Turbo Six. Okay, because I heard about they it. Both but I were like the sure first ones. They were they were you, and also, Turbo Graphics 16 was the six, first 16 bit, one of the first 16 bit games at that time. And so it was trying to, but they didn't, they didn't do as popular. And then uh, you get your N64 and other stuff. And yeah, so Dreamcast was kind of the fully formed version of what Sega CD used to be. Interesting. Um,. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't play. I mean, I played PlayStation with my brother, but the only games I played on PlayStation, we played Final Fantasy together. Because there would be things that we, my brother couldn't beat, and I would take over in certain things. Like we would go back mm-hmm. and forth like that. Because we would play Final Fantasy for hours. Um, we started. I think we started with Final Fantasy Seven. No, Final Fantasy Eight. Actually, we played Final Fantasy Seven because my uncle had it. But we played the first one we played together was Final Fantasy VIII, and we played like ten, and I think I think ten was the last one we played together. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, we had uh, we played uh, it was a game called Jet Moto that they had for PlayStation. I I wish they would bring it back. Actually. Oh, did you ever play Grand uh, Turismo? No, we I didn't really play a whole bunch of. I mean, I've played it before, but we didn't really play a, play, a whole bunch of race car games, but. Jet Moto, we played. There was a, uh, there was a, uh, a, uh, was it um, a snowboarding game we played? Too. Oh no, I know exactly what, what you're talking that. about. We played Tony Hawk. We played stuff like we that. played that in a demo. Um, so. and then uh, we played stuff like um, back in the day. I played Kate Paskin, Crash Get Bandicoot, Coot, I think. Uh, yeah, Bandicoot. Um, what else? We played. Did you ever play Parappa the Rapper? My brother did have Parappa the Rapper. I hate it. No, it was a demo. Actually, no, we played no demo. We never actually bought the game. We played yeah, I had the demo, game. but my friend had the actual game, I and I hated it. Um, it. It was terrible. Yeah, we, we did. We did play a, a demo of it. 
so yeah, my brother's always had PlayStation for the most part since then, and I've always been like the Xbox person. Like I might get a PlayStation, but only for specific games. Um, but really, I don't care. I'm so used to Xbox at this point. I'm making your resume. Um, it seems like a lot of people. I don't play. I don't play. A lot of people more into Xbox now than PS. Like well, no. So what it is is PlayStation people are always going to be the loudest. But the reality is, like when the PS5 versus the Xbox One X came out, um, X Series or whatever, a lot of people were touting the PlayStation. But people that actually know anything about games, the Xbox is actually a better game system. The issue is that PlayStation usually has better exclusives. That's what. That's the reason why people with PlayStations will talk PlayStation. It's not that it's a better system, but they have better exclusives. So like when they have, they have the Spider-Man game, for example, and stuff like that. They have better exclusives, or is Xbox the only like the exclusive that Xbox has versus PlayStation is never as good. And that's really the biggest advantage that X, that PlayStation has over Xbox is the exclusives. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because they're owned by Sony. So they already own the Spider-Man stuff and stuff like that. So it's easy for them to do that kind of stuff because, well, we own it. So that's really what it boils down to. It's just that they have better exclusives. That's really what it boils down to. Because otherwise, system-wise, Xbox is still, it's been better than PlayStation for a long time. It's not, it's not a new thing. <laughs> um, but let's get to, let me see what's on the, what's on the docket. Docket. The docket. The the dark heat. Oh, it's, it's going to be a lot of um, interesting talk. All right. Are we going to dive into the... Um... Oh, yes. Let me go ahead and say happy October, you guys. This is the month of fall, which is my favorite season. And then, you know, Halloween, trick-or-treat, harvest night, um, girls dressing up in costumes that make them, you know, say, hey, you know, I want to be a hoe tonight. Lingerie, period. Um, yeah. And we went to the cider mill yesterday, me and my mom. Three ciders, or no, three cedars out in Northfield. It was actually really, really good. They got a lot of stuff. Um, and they're like, how just white woman kidnapped this little girl that don't look white? <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? <No. laughs> but um, I think this is a like, what is this the blind side <laughs> Man, shut the fuck up but um, we yeah she actually likes their cider and their donuts so we finally settled on um, one that we both can go to because my mom doesn't like Yates um, we both didn't like Franklin um, um, weird words what, what's the one that's out in Ypsilanti it starts with a W but she didn't. Wired, the one that, where the farming house is at? Yeah. Uh, where, uh, uh, Night Terrors is at? Mm-hmm. She didn't really care for that one. Um, and I think it was their their cider I didn't care for or it was their donuts. It was one or the other that I didn't like. But um, I actually do like Yates. So um, I'm planning to go out to Blake's because I can't recall – if I've ever been before, if I did, it was on a school field trip, but I don't remember. But I, all I knew was we were going to the Apple Orchard. I don't remember the name of it. I just knew we was going to Apple Orchard, and it was always going to the fucking Apple Orchard <laughs> <laughs> for the school field trips. Like that was the, I mean, the worst field trip I ever went on school was uh, we went to a sewage plant. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but we went to the sewage plant. I don't know why, but they took us. <laughs> <laughs> we had to wear the hard hats and uh, uh, we had to wear hard hats and the stockings over our hair. It smelled like shit. Ooh, 
like ensued. It was the worst. And I'm like, who the fuck takes kids on a field trip? Was this a part of like career day, like no, career week? I, think like, I don't know. It was. I don't know why. Were y'all like the the detention kids? No, like, <laughs> no. They just. It was just a field trip they took us on. I so don't. Where y'all eat lunch at in the bathroom? <laughs> Now you're just being an idiot. What? I'm just we never, like, when we had lunch, we were, like, when we went on field trips, it was a like, excuse to bring, like, have our parents buy us lunch or some shit like that. You right. lunch. Um, that was only, like, I would, I went on field trips my parents didn't even know about. I just signed for shit, and I, I'd be like, yo, mom, I want Subway for lunch. Can y'all give me Subway in the morning? They don't know why I'm taking the shit. I'm on a field trip, whole ass Why field would trip. you not tell your parents? I, one of them, well, it happened a couple times where I just forgot. I was notorious for procrastinating when I was a kid. I was notorious for, I would forget shit. Like, forget to ask them about something and be the last minute. I'm like, shit, let me force their signatures real quick. <laughs> wow. Happened a couple times. Happened a couple times. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, I, just what, I, I mean, because that's the, the exciting, unless you on punishment for something, then yeah, I understand I why I you I just forgot. I forgot. Uh-uh. Um, so, um, I guess we'll get into... So we're talking about school. We'll get into Robert. Ugh. Let's get into Robert. So, rapist Kelly. For poor, for those, for those who don't, who don't know, know, which if you don't know, it means you're living under rock. Robert Kelly, Mister R. Kelly, Mister the Pie Piper, Mister Predator himself, mm-hmm. was convicted on all nine charges in his federal trial in New York. Um. He was charged with racket, racketeering. Uh, let me look at the. Let me pull up the charges. Let's make sure I'm not wrong. I think it was, he was also charged in a case in Chicago too, right? Oh no, that's, that hasn't been. Those trials haven't happened yet. We're just talking about the one he was convicted for. He still has three other trials coming. Oh, really? He has. A, he has a charge in Minnesota. He has a. He has two cases in um, Chicago. One state and one federal. So he has three more cases. Damn. He's already facing life for the one in New York. Mm-hmm. So he has because that was with the boy, right? It's multiple. I don't know which one is. I don't know the specifics. I just know he has charges in different places. So uh, let's see. Um. So let's see what the charges were for this current the one in New York. So human trafficking was yeah, one. Racketeering, human trafficking. Uh, for transporting women across state child lines. Child pornography. Child pornography. Um, yeah. So, that being said, he going under the jail. Yeah, he ain't getting out. And mind you, like I said, he has three more cases pending. So, that's just the first case. Mm-hmm. That's just the first case. So, with that being said, um, I talked about before how people will try to do mental gymnastics to try to justify things or try to give stupid reasons. The same type of logic I see people use when it comes to them trying to justify why, you know, their their stance against the vaccine and shit like that. And people just, the, the amount of mental gymnastics and, and, and posturing that I see from people is the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. So we've heard varied excuses for R. Kelly and People calling him a victim. um, (laughs) Because my thing is, okay, yes, if he was abused as a child, that's great. That's wonderful. But guess what? Y'all don't offer that same grace to somebody who was abused as a child who decides to start murdering people. Exactly. So why is it different for R. Kelly? Because y'all like his music. So 
With well, that being said, because no, if they, because y'all, these are the same people that would complain when they would give the host uh, mental health defense for white murderers, but then you want to use that same, and this is what I always say, black people don't want equality. They just want access to white supremacy. Privacy, yeah. They want the same privileges that the white people, they don't want this shit to be fair, they just want the same privileges that white people get. Yeah, just like this guy, for a perfect example, he basically said, last night after watching The Hateful Eight on Netflix, I noticed that Harvey Weinstein's company name is still at the end of the credits. This means that despite the fact that he's a convicted serial rapist, the cash flow to his companies was uninterrupted, and thusly his family is still able to be wealthy in spite of his actions. I couldn't help but contrast this with R. Kelly's situation and the cultural push to stop playing his music. With him being locked up, he can't benefit from anything earned, but his children and their family certainly can. This silence R. Kelly movement is more so about stopping black generational wealth than anything else. Two things. Two things. Maybe more. But we're going to start with two. First things first. Harvey Weinstein was removed from his company when all this shit came out. Mm -hmm. So he does not earn anything from those films. That's first thing. His company, the company that is a family company, it's not just him. That's first thing. So yes, while his name is on the company, it's his last name because his family runs the company. His family is not the ones that was fucking with people. It's him. And he is in jail. Mm Mm-hmm. You just said you don't want to hurt the family for what one person did because you just use that same logic to defend R. Kelly. But you're basically saying the same thing because Harvey Weinstein's not getting anything because if you knew anything and actually decided to actually research, which is the problem here. Mm-hmm. When I always talk about people living in a, bu- a, a bubble, people live in a bu- bubble. They, they, they view bubble things. People. They live in their own world. They don't view things outside of their world. So if it doesn't reach their ears or if it's not in a circle of information they're privy to or they they bother to look into, then they just ignore it. So all you know. For example, for all those years when the Cosby shit was going on, all you would hear was, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? What about Harvey Weinstein? I don't hear anything about him. I said, it's because you don't watch the general news. You only, you what you, you get in your information from social media, and your social media is curated to the things that you and the people you follow. Mm-hmm. So if you're a black person, 90 time, nine times out of 10, you're on black Twitter, which means black Twitter is only going to talk about Bill Cosby because they don't got shit to do with Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein, except when they want to use him as an example as to why Bill Cosby should not be held accountable for his bullshit and predatory behavior. Absolutely. So... Y'all only bring these people up. Do you actually research it? No. You just say, well, Harvey Weinstein's not locked up. Or they share it from somebody else's page without reading everything. Lo and behold, though, Harvey Weinstein was already, his child was pending at that point. But you didn't bother to say that because you didn't bother to research that and look that up. All you knew is he wasn't in jail. Not that, hey, Harvey Weinstein is already about to be on trial. His trial is pending. All his, all his, he's been taking off his businesses. All of that shit was done already prior to you making those statements. But because you ain't bothered to research that, then you, just, but it, you know, because if you research it, it doesn't fit your narrative. It doesn't fit your narrative if you research. Yep. It's just like when people argue. So, for example, which is the whole vaccine debate. 
one of the things that people who are anti-vaxxers will do is, and what I found in a lot of things, especially in political spaces now and, and the way you see people on Fox News argue when they, when they want to challenge a point. Mm-hmm. What they challenge is not the information. Because it, if they challenge the information, then that would force them to have to research it. Right. And the reality is, what they usually do when they research is they find the one person that agrees with their point of view. Yep. And they champion that even though there's 80 million other people who disagree with their point of view. Yep. Oh, shit. We found this one doctor that says this. Mm-hmm. But, oh, these other 30 or 40 doctors have already debunked that person's argument. But you only want to champion this one. And they spend a lot of time deflecting. Yes. And also another thing they do is that we've gotten to this point where people want to tell you where the CDC is inconsistent because they keep changing their stance. The reality is this. And this thing is is funny because we live in a world where we always talk about how technology and things have evolved. They change as we get more information. We get more technology, technology advances, science advances. You know, we have all these scientific advancements that have made things where we can heal from certain injuries quicker. Surgeries are more efficient. All these things. We have different, all these different technologies that have evolved and all these things that have allowed us to do all these great and amazing things. However, none of this stuff applies and is, is valid when it comes to your argument against the vaccine. Because you'll say, I don't trust the scientist. But then you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You go to the hospital. Yeah. You always get sick. You always get injured. Guess where you're going? To those same doctors and scientists that you want to use that same technology and stuff to heal yourself. But in this case, you want to argue it. And the issue I have with it is that they never argue the information. What they do is, and what I found is, for example, you have people who say Fauci lied to us. No, he didn't. (laughs) As he got more information, his stance changed. That's how science works. As you get more information, you do more research, things change. So what we thought at one point could be totally different six months later because I have more data to go off of. Mm-hmm. And things evolve, things change. But what they do is, rather than looking at the reasons why you changed your mind, they like to focus on the fact that you changed your mind. Oh, shit. He changed his stance, so he must have been lying. You shouldn't trust him. Not, why did he change his stance? What information did he get that made him say, hey, what we said before, we need to adjust that based on the information we have now. Oh, well, what about, what's the information? Why are I looking to the information that made him change his mind? No, we don't want you to do that. Because if you look into the information, you're going to find that your informa- the information is actually pretty, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the information. We need you to focus on the fact that he changed his mind. That makes him a flip-flopper. You shouldn't trust him. He switched his opinion. They will argue that point and get people to focus on that point. Well, why did he change his mind? Why did he do that? Why did he, Why is it different now? Because mm-hmm. that's how science works. The same reason why we have electric cars now, mm-hmm. when we didn't have them 30 fucking years ago, science evolved. When we thought that gas was the end-all, be-all of fuel, and then we found more efficient ways to offer to use it, to use other fuel measures, that's what science does. You discover, so your opinion changes. At one point, a person might have thought, shit, like gas is the end all be all. Oil is it. That's everything. 
that same person but go. Just like people's opinions of marijuana evolved. There are people who were anti-marijuana for years. Mm -hmm. Some of those same people are heavily invested in promoting marijuana. For example, David Stern, rest in peace, the former commissioner of the NBA. He was an anti-marijuana person for a long time. You know what he did after he retired? He became an advocate for marijuana use. Because you know what happened? He got more information and his opinions evolved. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama talked about how his opinions and thoughts on gay marriage were different when, um, when he was younger. As he learned and got more and matured and learned more, his opinion changed and evolved. That's how the world works. But now people are being vilified especially in the case of science, which is an ever-changing thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Science always changes. It always Evolution. evolves. It evolves. Just like this virus has been evolving. Because niggas don't want to get vaccinated. That's how viruses work. You have people who argue, well, I've already had COVID. Why can't, why do I need to get a vaccine? Well, yes, you're right. You had COVID, so you may have antibodies against that strain of it. That don't mean you, you, you get antibodies against Delta um, or Alpha. Or any other strain for that matter. Tango. So if you get a different version of it, those antibodies ain't gonna do shit. Um, but I mean, the only you know excuse you know as far as like getting off the hook for that is you know if people have you know compromised immune systems, that's totally different. But for those who are just like you know the whole it's my First Amendment, they they try to use that as their main go to excuse for the, the stupidest not excuse. The I keep hearing from people, especially I've heard this a lot from NBA players, the ones who, because mind you, to be fair, 95% of the NBA players are vaccinated. So we want to make sure we point that out. However, just like with everything, there is a loud minority who want to make sure you hear their opinions on everything. Those people include people like Kyrie Irving, <laughs> um, Michael Porter Jr., Jonathan Isaacs, Bradley Beal. I think those are the main four that I could think of, right? The issue behind it is this. So in the case of, oh, Andrew Andrew Wiggins, those are the main five. So in the case of Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins, the issue becomes with them is this. In New York, at they they there is a mandate. If you're an athlete and you were and you play indoors, you can't play if you're not vaccinated. You can't enter indoor building. Wow. That is a mandate. It's the same in San Francisco. With that being said, that means that Kyrie Irving, as it stands right now, cannot play home games this year. That's half of your season. That's 41 games. That's crazy. Andrew Wiggins is in the same boat. And he's like, I'm not getting the vaccine. Now, with that being said, the issue becomes this. The NBA just came on and said, for anybody who misses games due to local government protocols because they won't get vaccinated, you're not getting paid. Hmm. So now... You're not getting half your salary. The funny thing about that is as soon as that happened, so they were at 90%, and then like three days later, they were 95%. That included people who had just got their first shot. I said, ah, yeah, I see you niggas know now because y'all are going to lose money. Right. Now, whether or not Kyrie changes his tune or Michael Porter Jr. or all these other people change their tune, but the, the funniest thing about it, Johnny Isaacs, his excuse has always been religious-based. And I'm like... Well, I mean... No, no, not like... Well, he's I, not actually. No. What he's saying is, God can protect me. 
Oh, that. Oh, that's when I say okay. really like that's what I'm talking about. I thought okay. No, 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 no. I, he said, I, mind you, he said I had COVID twice, and you still not getting vaccinated. You stupid. Basically, you're an idiot. I actually know a couple of people personally who had COVID. Like one had it twice, and somebody else I know just had it like when it first first came out, like before. It even came out So it was like December 2019 When they had it When nobody knew What it was And everybody kept saying It was like People being hospital for, you know, hospitalized For like pneumonia Or something like that But she's just like um, You know I, I don't care Like I had COVID twice So I don't give a fuck I don't want to wear a mask And I don't want to give X So And see here's the thing I have two issues With NBA players And anybody that says that Cause this is not a cause like one of the other things you see I've seen NBA players when they get asked about the vaccine, especially they had media days this week. Well, you know, I, that's a personal decision. I don't want to get into it because you know HIPAA and everything. <laughs> Nobody seems to know what HIPAA is for. <laughs> for the record, HIPAA does not apply to your dumb ass. <laughs> it applies to medical institutions, healthcare industry. So a hospital, a doctor's office, your health insurance company, places like that. HIPAA does not apply to your individual ass telling us whether you're vaccinated or not. <laughs> so you telling me I don't want to tell you because of HIPAA laws. <laughs> all, all it shows me is that you a dumbass. <laughs> you a dumbass. So all I want to let you guys know is that HIPAA does not mean what you think because it does not apply oh to God, you as an funny. individual person. It applies to health care entities. You as individual NBA player, BA1, whatever the fuck you are, you are not a health care entity. So HIPAA do not <laughs> apply to you. Also, for the record, HIPAA has two A's, not two P's. You dumb (laughs) fucking... (laughs) Hip-hip-ho. Hip-hop-ha. Look. Oh, my God. God. I mean... At least, like, did you see that Kev on stage video where he talked about um, Herpy and the dude who made the post? And they was like, no, it's not Herpy, it's HIPAA. And it's just like. For the record, just so we make this clear, HIPAA is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. That is two A's, not two P's. So (laughs) (laughs) if you're going to say you're going to quote HIPAA or use that as your shield to not disclose whether you're vaccinated or not, I'm going to look at you sideways first and foremost. Also, if you post this on social media and you put two P's there, I'm going to just think you're an idiot. (laughs) I'm already thinking you're an idiot if you use that as an excuse as to why you're not telling nobody you're vaccinated or you don't want to bring it up or not answer the question. But... Because you're not a healthcare entity, I want to point that out again. Because it literally says health insurance portability and accountability act. So again, that don't apply to your dumb ass again. So <laughs> with that being said, you fuckers and idiots. The other issue I have is where people tell me it's a private matter. It's not. Because guess what? You 
For example, if you have a sexually transmitted disease, mm-hmm. that such is as AIDS. AIDS, herpes, whatever it is, hepatitis A, or wait, wait, anything which one is like it? that, that can it is not a private matter. If when it comes to you telling a person you're going to be intimate with, that's not private. Mm-hmm. When you have something that could potentially affect other people, or your decision making could potentially affect other people. That not that's not a private matter. That's the first thing. The second thing is if you're not vaccinated, it, it could affect me. Cause yes, you're right. I have a vaccine. That means I am less likely to have severe complications when if I catch COVID. A vaccine is not no vaccine is a hundred percent effective. You know how vaccines are effective by more people having them, and then it makes it so it's more it, more preventable preventable for people to have it because eventually over time it dies out because we don't have unvaccinated people creating new strains within their body mm-hmm. because it doesn't have a place to mutate. That's how vaccines work. That's how vaccines have always worked, and you niggas never knew what was in them. You never. When you you go to the doctor, you say, oh, "Look, I got I'm having migraines." Your doctor prescribes some meds for you. When the last time you went online and said, "Let me look and see what's in here," or did you take your ass to the fucking pharmacy and pick up your prescription? No. So, unless you're a person who actually does that, and yes, there's probably a small percentage of the population who people who do that. There are some anal retentive ass people in the world, and I'm very aware of that. Mm-hmm. So yes. There are always exceptions to the rule. But the vast majority of people in this world, if their doctor prescribes them something, they are not going home and looking on the Internet to see what's in it. So then you can't use that same excuse to tell me I'm doing research to see I don't know what's in the vaccine. Because your ass don't know shit about what's in anything, any shot you've ever had in your life. You know, Mm -hmm. people in the military, you have to get vaccines When you first sign up, they just stick you full of vaccines. Anytime you go to a new country, you're getting vaccines. You have not once asked, yo, what's in that? Because guess (laughs) what? You signed a contract that says you're going to get what the fuck we give you, nigga. It don't matter whether it's FDA approved or not. Mm -mm -mm. You're going to get this shit. That's what it is. So all these people telling me all these reasons why. But and, and so kind of went into attention to vaccines. But we can get to Robert in a minute. But it's just the flawed logic and, and arguments that I, I have a problem with because they're really always weak. But people who are loudest always think they're winning the argument because they said some shit. And the reality is you're you're speaking into an echo chamber, and a lot of times you're talking to people who already agree with you on some level. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you have no real defense or argument that's going to benefit you know anybody. So with that being said, getting back to Robert, you know, like I said, we've had people do the mental gymnastics and go through hoops to try to defend him. And so you have now people saying that he should he should have an opportunity to redeem himself. Oh, oh my um, God. You know, Who, we, we believe in second chances. Yeah, Chuck D was one of those people. Oh, um, Akon said that too. Uh, Akon has always been kind of questionable, well, though. He's, you know, is what it is. So... Here's the thing about accountability. Here's the thing about redemption. Here's the thing about second chances. R. Kelly has had more than two chances. He's had at least eight. R. Kelly was acquitted in 2008, lest we forget. He got away with it and kept doing it and escalated. Mm-hmm. He got caught, got off, and kept doing it and escalated 
and started trafficking women across states, holding them hostage in hotels, coaching them on interviews and all kinds of shit. So, no, he did not. He had a second chance. And he said, fuck my second chance. I'm going to just do this shit different and try to be more efficient with it. But I'm going to still do it because he, as you, if you've never seen him talk, he still doesn't think he does anything wrong. Exactly. He thinks he's he's entitled to do what the fuck he wants. So when you say uh, teenage girls, what, what do you mean by teenage? teenage. <laughs> People clown Clinton when he said, when he talked about, when he asked him the stupid question he did in his deposition, when all my uncle Lewinsky, R. Kelly basically did the same thing. Yep. R. Kelly did the same thing that um, Sammy Sosa did when they had them on uh, at Capitol Hill when they were talking about the steroid shit, and Sammy Sosa all of a sudden didn't speak English. <laughs> Sammy Sosa been walking around the whole country in every city hitting bas- baseball, interviewing everybody on um, interviewing with everybody on ESPN. And all of a sudden, when he went to Capitol Hill, he didn't speak English. Sammy motherfucking Sosa. <laughs> Who now bleached his skin too? So yeah, we know. know. Yeah, it's a whole nother issue. So, Sammy Sosa is a funny guy. Well, that being said, but R. Kelly basically pulled the same defense. Now, that being said. So that's one of the arguments you hear from certain people, some mostly stupid black men. And unfortunately, what you learn and what I always find out, and I've learned this before, is just some trash ass people. And unfortunately, it's really hard like to find out that there's some trash ass human beings who just don't think like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine. You just have to, you know, write them off as trash motherfuckers. Uh, the other argument that I started seeing creep up on the Internet we're getting this is gonna get into some more deep seated shit, especially within the black community. Started seeing people post on Twitter about how them girls knew what they were doing, them girls was being fast, and talking about Aaliyah was being fast, and that's the reason why all this shit happened. Now, for people who are listening to who don't know what the term fast means, fast is a term that was very it's very specially prominent within the black community. Older women, especially, aunties, grandmas, moms. Anytime a young girl got attention from older men or men, or, or especially older men, mm-hmm. didn't matter what she had on. Didn't matter what she had on. If she got attention, it, it could have been because she was she developed early. It could have been whatever. She could have just been wearing a regular school skirt. Somehow the young girl was going to be accused of being fast, mm-hmm. meaning she was looking for attention yep. from these grown ass men. It has always been used in our community, especially as a shield from holding these grown as men accountable yeah. for not pursuing young girls. For example, Erica Badu, a couple years ago, when the Bill Cosby shit was going on, she went on this Twitter rant about how. And let me look. Actually, I want to I want to make sure I quote. Her correctly. Oh. Because it was some shit that made me look at her sideways. Well, Sarah Badu. So no, I, I usually Badu is usually, but no. I mean, like she's cool. Like the I love her music and stuff. However, like she just she's a very interesting person. Needless to say, it's last year actually. Um, oh really? Um, I wonder exactly what what. What it was. So, so a high school, and so what happened was it was a high school in New Zealand. 
uh, was criticized for enforcing teenage female students to wear knee-length skirts as so as to not distract male students and teachers. First things first. So it's their responsibility. Which is a whole, it it speaks to the fact that young girls are over-sexualized and not by young girls, by men. Yep. Because somehow we want to absolve the boys and the girl, the young, the older men from being quote unquote distracted because a young girl's wearing a skirt. It's not her fault. She's wearing, she's just coming to school. Mm-hmm. If you are looking at her as a sexual object, that's your problem. And that yep. speaks to your upbringing and your treatment and your view of women, especially young girls. So that's a, a whole nother mm-hmm. issue. I talked about before how we've already fetishized young girls. The it's whole the idea we we were it raising rape culture, culture. The whole idea mm-hmm. of the the, the schoolgirl outfit and looking at young girls and you know as you know as oh sexual objects and stuff like that. So when that tweet went out, the assistant principal of the school claims that the endeavor was designed to keep our girls safe, stop boys from getting ideas, and create a good work environment for male staff. Mm-mm-mm. So, in a tweet, uh, in a series of tweet, Baidu agreed with the school's actions. But and so okay. here she she said, one way to protect youth is to remind them we are all sexual in nature, as and as they grow and develop, it is natural to attract men. It is not them who is doing anything wrong by being beautiful and attractive, but with such in uh, such imbalance in our society, it is a smart it is smart to be aware and awake. Men and women both go through cycles of arousal. Men automatically are attracted to women of childbearing age. <laughs> what the fuck? I want my daughters to understand this. I want them to be themselves and wear what they like, yet be aware, not ignore our differences. I want my door, um, but I do think it is unnatural for a heterosexual. I I do I do I but do I think it is unnatural for a heterosexual male to be attracted to a young woman in revealing skirt? No, I think it is his nature. Oh, Eric. <laughs> so here's the thing. So basically, she tried to basically say that men are preconditioned to like young girls. Because if a young girl, <laughs> if a young girl wears a short skirt or she, yeah, she's automatically going to get aroused developed. by that because you know that's what? in his nature. He's just to that like is her. just like totally in his nature. They do it all the time. So basically, we're absolving them and saying, "Yo, they're just basically animals. It's, and a, it's who they are. Because boys are animals will be boys. And, heat, and they can't control their yeah. desires. So they it's see not their responsibility to a grown ass man to say, "Yo, she's a young girl. I probably shouldn't be on her like that." No, nope. yeah, no, because it's in their nature. They're allowed to do that. That that's just who they are. So I'm be clear. And I want to preface this by saying yes. Young, there is there are times and you've seen situations where young girls were getting like I mean look, yes there are plenty of young girls who developed early. That's not their fault. Right. Um, if a young if, if a grown man, no like look. I understand there are situations where a grown man may, uh, a girl may have lied about her age, and that happens. I'm sure it happens yeah. plenty of times. And sometimes it may be hard to tell until you talk to her. Because I'm sorry. I've lied about my age before. I am, I am going to be, look, yes, there have been, I, I used to work, when I used to work on I used to work at Best Buy back in the day, it was 
it was consistently for young girls to come in that story that you couldn't tell were young girls because the way they were dressed or because of their 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 proportions or whatever. And so, but if you talk to any of them for more than five seconds, you can usually tell they're young. Mm. Um, my issue is this. Those accidents, those things can happen if a girl got to age or situation you may not know because of how they look, whatever. I understand that. There are girls now who don't look nearly, they look way more mature than the girls I went to school with. It exactly, happens. Happens. yeah. However, my issue is not with young girls being developed, it's not with young girls, it's not even with the young girls. It's with the grown-ass men who pursue young girls. And what I'm not going to do is try to sit here and justify old-ass men or grown men looking pursuing young girls because they're because they're aroused by them wearing a skirt. Yeah. That's not that's, that has that's nothing just... to do. That's a you problem and you need to get that under control because mm-hmm. that shows that you are a fucking creep. Yep. Because the only reason you want that young girl cuz you know what? If you're aroused by that young girl in the skirt, then why you should also be aroused by this older woman in the skirt? And you should you could you could choose her. Yeah. You don't have to be distracted by young girls in the skirt. That is not a thing, unless you are into young girls, which speaks to the fact that you're a fucking creep. But also because young girls are easier for them to manipulate. Exactly, and that's what it boils down to. When I tell people all the time, predatory behavior is not just about the idea of sex, the gratification of that. It is about power. Mm-hmm. Predatory behavior is about power. It has always been about power. It will always be about, about power. power. Because if I'm a grown-ass man pursuing these young women, they it's easier for me to manipulate them. It's even easier if I'm a celebrity. Yep. Because now my name... I'm be I'm R. Kelly. If I talk to you as a young girl, oh my God, R. Kelly wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, R. Kelly wants to meet me. Oh, oh shit, Bill Cosby wants to talk to me. Oh shit, Bill Cosby wants to meet with me. Your celebrity gives you more cachet and gives you more advantage and more clout. So for people, because we live in a society that puts celebrity on a pedestal. We worship celebrity. They're invincible. So, if a celebrity wants your attention, it's easy because there is a certain, oh shit, I want to be in this person's presence. There's a certain feeling of that. And they know that. And they take advantage of that. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the reason why you get in a situation where a Jared from Subway, who was a regular guy, but got famous and used that fame to to do the shit he did. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with Jerry Sandusky who was a prominent figure at Penn State and used that as a way to get to young children. The same as Larry Nasser, who used his position with USA um, Gymnastics to uh, to use that to get to gain access to young women. Because you know what? It was a power dynamic. Yep. There's a power dynamic. So when it comes to R. Kelly and these young girls or the women he held hostage and he he, he manipulated and, and, and basically created Stockholm Syndrome and made them do whatever the fuck he wanted, he it was a power A lot of people dynamic. don't understand the mental illness and, and the trauma and the, the, the dramatic psyche that takes place behind that because they think, why would you let him? I could, why didn't you just leave? You don't just fucking leave a situation like that, especially when somebody has manipulated you for so long. Your brain's reprogrammed. People to- don't seem to understand. Like you, people are staying. 
people stay in relationships for years. They are terrible. Even if they're not necessarily getting abused um, right. physically, they, it could be a, uh, it could be an emotional trauma. It could be because I had a conversation. Like I've had conversations with people in the past. I don't want to leave this person because I'm afraid of what may happen or what they may, mm-hmm. how they, you know, their yep. feelings. People will stay in relationships not because they're uh, not because they're happy, but because they they either that and that's a form of manipulation. I don't want to leave this person because they may react a certain or the wrong way, whether it's physically to me, emotionally to me, or they may be in a bad emotional space and I may feel bad. That's a that's a form of manipulation, too, because that person has got me to the point now where I'm afraid to leave them because I'm afraid they're going to do something crazy. I remember a girl I used to, uh, when I when I when back in the day I worked and me and her was dating off and on. No, so you dated a crazy person. No, she wasn't. This one, it wasn't her. So what happened was she was older than me. A little bit older than me, or whatever, and we worked together. So when I transitioned to a different store, we started dating or everywhere, right? She had two sons, and her youngest son's father. They had broken up. One day, and you know, one day I guess he popped up at the store, and basically was trying to you know get her to take him back, even and so I get even threatening to kill himself type thing. Oh. He waited outside the store for her. And so I remember her telling me, basically, I'm going to give, I'm going to get back with my child's father because I don't want him to hurt himself. Mm-mm-mm. And it was twofold. Part of it is like trying to, you know, create, create this quote unquote strong family unit for my son. At the same time as I don't want this man to hurt him because I won't feel guilty. And that is a form of manipulation because, you know, I care about you. I may, I, I may not, we, I may not be in love with you anymore, but I do care about you. And the last thing I want to do, first and foremost, is twofold. Because you're kind of using the child as a... Um, a, as, a right, as if I If I am the reason why... If my if my son thinks for some for whatever reason that I'm the reason why you ultimately kill yourself because I won't get back with you, my son may resent me for the rest of, my, well, the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of having it on my conscience if you kill yourself because I won't get back with you. So even though I may be miserable and I was miserable before with you... I'm going to still give this chance, even though I know it's probably a bad idea. But people do that. So that is a that is just another form of manipulation. I'm going to tell you I'm going to kill myself if you don't get back with me. Or I'm going to hurt myself. Or I'm going I'm to cry and I'm going to get all this emotion out to make you get back with me or give me, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just... Yeah, that's, that's, the same that's thing evil. That it's very evil because you're aware of it. It's not like a kid where a kid cries when they want to get their way because they're a kid. Yeah, because they're a kid, so it's fine. Once you're an adult and you're still using emotion and emotional reliance to try to get a person to do what you want, that's evil. Because it's it's a it's a direct it's straight up fucking manipulation. It just mm-hmm. is. But people do it. So in the case of R. Kelly, for example, I hear people saying, oh, he's a victim. Yes, you're right. He was a victim of child. So like I said, I hear people saying, and this is a punch. Just want to punch y'all. This is a punch. Punch, Um, punch. When people say that R. Kelly's a victim, yes, he was abused as a child. And I'm very fully aware of that. However, I'm a firm believer that everybody has a point in their life where they reach a crossroads. You can either say, you know what? I went through a lot of shit as a child. I can either... Inflict that same trauma on other people. Because mm-hmm. hurt people. Because hurt I want to create, yes, hurt people hurt people. So I can either continue that cycle of abuse and mistreatment and trauma inflicted on others. Or I can learn, say, you know what? I, I, that trauma was the worst thing I ever went through. I, ever, I don't ever want to have to put anybody else through that. 
and I can make a choice to go a different way. And I mentioned, you know, our brother Brass. Brass didn't grow with his dad, and now that did was made him make the decision. I'm going to be an amazing father because I don't want to repeat the trauma that was inflicted upon me onto my kids. We all have that choice. If you grow up in a house where you're abused or you saw your mother abused or whatever the case may be, there are some people who repeat that cycle and end up being abusers themselves. Or there are people who say, you know what? I don't want to inflict that trauma on somebody else. I don't want to. I don't want to be that person because I saw how that can affect people. Mm-hmm. I, one of my own employees, she's you know she went through it where you know living in a house. And I always tell people, especially when you have children, kids see everything. Kids are like, they they remember everything. Yep. And when she told me her husband hit her in front of her kids, she got two girls. Mm. You can't stay in that environment because your girls grow up and start dating. They may think, yo, that's what it's supposed to be. That's that's what love is. It's like when Michelle A was talking about how when she started, when she got with Suge and Suge didn't put his hands on her, yeah, like she, she was used he didn't to, love her. she thought he didn't love her because that was, she, she, it got to the point with her head that when a man loves you, he hits you because that's mm-hmm. what she was used to. It's, it's, it's trauma is a thing that we all go through. Everybody has their different traumas and their, their different things they may have gone through. And some traumas, of course, are worse than others. But I feel like, and I'm a firm believer that we all at some point have a choice of saying whether I want to repeat this trauma and continue to inflict and just continue to cycle or do I want to change it? And I can either be that change or just say fuck it and go with the flow and keep doing the same thing that people were doing to me. And in the case of R. Kelly, R. Kelly may have been abused at one point when he was a child and that is fine. That is, understand that is a horrific thing and I feel for him in that regard. R. Kelly is in his 50s. He's a grown man. R. Kelly is a grown ass man and he had every chance to say, you know what? I don't want to inflict the trauma and pain that I infl- I, infl- I was um, privy to. I don't want to have to inflict that on other people. But instead, he chose the opposite. He chose to continue to do it in the public eye in most cases mm-hmm. and didn't care. Yeah. And you pursue young women. And that's where the whole logic of... Teenage Teenagers, girls. yes. Teenage girls. And was consistent about doing it. Like then McDonald's have in Chicago has been mentioned so much. Yep. That's that was his pickup. That was his pickup spot. To find little girls. And, the, and girls. then the old argument that Erica Badu said about the whole skirt thing or women, girls being fast, and talk about Aaliyah was being fast. Did y'all ever see how Aaliyah dressed back then? Right. Aaliyah wore a baggy ass. Aaliyah didn't start wearing form like like halter tops and shit to the one in a million album. Right. She was well over like she was in her like early, like early twenties at that point. Aaliyah was dressing like a boy, mm-hmm. a tomboy all the time. She has yeah. a lot of long girl. And she was a pretty girl, but Aaliyah wasn't out here dressing half naked and, and stuff like that. So that whole argument about a girl being quote unquote fast, fast was bullshit. Was stupid, yeah. Cause she wore track suits, fucking baggy jeans and big ass coats That's and shit. That's why I said it don't she, matter what whole, a girl has on. Right. The whole, even though when girls complain about guys hitting on them when they go out, it, like that don't, it don't matter what the girl got on. They attracted to her, they attracted to her. So if them dudes want her, it don't matter if she got a skirt on and a fucking, she can have a potato sack on. It don't matter if that guy want to talk to her, he going to talk to her. That shit don't mean a damn thing. So that whole argument of trying to absolve guys of responsibility for being trash because they're saying, oh, it's just in their nature. It's just like the whole idea that all men cheat. Mm-hmm. I hate that excuse. That's that's Monique right there. That is there. a cop out. Because she gives her husband hall passes. That is a cop if you If that's your arrangement, fine. <laughs> I don't have a problem with your arrangement in your relationship. The whole idea, though, that men cheat is bullshit to me. It's bullshit. Do I know men who have cheated? Of course I do. 
Do I think all men cheat? No. For example, there are so many niggas who hate Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's that's they hate. They have a an eighth hatred of Russell Wilson. They're all future all fans because probably. he the good guy won, mm-hmm. and they hate it yep. so much. Because they're all they want to they, they, they want to be they think they future they trash niggas. And they want to root for the trash nigga because it justifies their own trash behavior. Because they're they're kings. They're the real kings. However, so their hatred is such that on Twitter, somebody started a rumor that Russell Wilson had a, a baby on, a, a cheated on here and had a baby. <laughs> what the fuck? It was, cle- it was quickly debunked. But when I tell you, it was so many niggas trying to uh, make this a thing. Wow. And it's like... Y'all niggas hate him that much that y'all want to make and like it was yeah, niggas like see I told y'all see told y'all yeah shit we like yeah yeah I'm like um <laughs> y'all do realize this is fake right mm-hmm. nope they didn't care they didn't they didn't care even check, fact check it all nope. they saw was the headline and somebody made up oh shit oh shit <laughs> this you do realize if this was real it would have been a bigger story than that right it was yeah. really a fake a fake but post the like excuses that. like but she got him around hit future son and you know he like, calling him daddy and you know that ain't right you know what it's cause he's actually being a father to that kid <clears throat> unlike mm-hmm. future yeah who has 12 other baby mamas 13 like, however many he got I don't care future's a whore that's fine yeah but you guys that wanna Live your lives vicariously, vicariously through future his behavior, misbehavior is what it is. But guys hate, guys are so bitter about that situation. It's hilarious to me. But in the R. Kelly situation, I just I want y'all to understand something. Predators, and I've talked, I said it earlier, and I'm gonna repeat this again. Predatory behavior is about power. Mm-hmm. Is about power. It has always been about power and power dynamics. I can exhibit and exert my power over you, either because you're younger, you're weaker, you are not in a position, you are less, you are less stable as far as financially or your position in life, whatever the reason being. It's the same. It's literally the entire idea behind a fucking sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This fun, older fun man everything. who has money can cash me out as long as I do a couple things for him. Mm-hmm. It's a power dynamic. Yes, as the woman, you may get some financial, uh, you know, satisfaction out of it, but you're having to sacrifice giving your body to a, a, a older man who you may not necessarily be attracted to mm-hmm. just because he can spend money on you. Yep. There are plenty of women who've left the guy who they loved because they want the guy who's going to spend money on them and cash them out. Mm-hmm. Because they believe that the man should provide for everything. Financially, it's funny how black people will love to tell you about all these quote unquote white people with European established beliefs and stuff, but then they always but they run with that one. Mm-hmm. The idea that man is the provider when the reason the man was provider because your women weren't allowed to do shit but stay at home. Yep, they weren't allowed to. It wasn't that oh we just established that hey you guys are both working or you guys can both work but you have to take care of everything. No. It's just that women weren't allowed to do shit because women were viewed as property. You don't have rights. You don't have the right to do shit. But what I tell you to do, because guess what? You belong to me because you're property because that's how women were treated for 
years and decades and centuries. So, yes, the idea of the man being a provider is an established belief. You know why? Because it was the only thing that was allowed. But y'all want to still run with that whole narrative that, oh, the man is supposed to be a provider. Yes, you're right. But it's funny how somebody like a Nick Cannon say, you know, the idea of marriage is a European construct, but, um, no, for, but apparently God, that's, that's, uh, a Euro, that's a European, con, uh, a European belief system. I, it's a I European just, belief system and construct. However, uh, the I man being up. a provider isn't. Mm-mm. And look, I don't have a problem with it. If that's your relationship, that's fine. If that's what y'all agree to do. And that's what works for y'all. I'm fine with it. But the idea that that's just what it should always be. It's everybody's different. Your situation is different. Women like, I would never do 50-50. That's fine. Then make sure you find a nigga that's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Also understand, though, that the nigga that say he's going to take care of you also thinks that he can do what the fuck he, he wants. He want to do. Yep. Yes, there are definitely going to be exceptions to that rule. But I'm telling you right now, because people who think they have the power, I take care of you. You can't ask me shit. Mm-hmm. I pay your bills. I bought them shoes. I bought that bag. I bought this house. You don't pay for shit, so you can't ask me questions. Am I saying that's right? Fuck no. But also women who understand, you have to understand what comes with the territory sometimes with a guy who is going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. He is taking care of you in a lot of ways because he wants power. It is the same reason that a lot of guys don't quote unquote like feminists because they don't like the not being needed because unfortunately for a lot of guys, they don't have anything to offer other than a pocketbook. And a dick. Yeah, that too. But That's about right. It's fine. Go with what you know. Um, well, let's be clear. The idea of fast women or fast girls being fast is a bullshit concept that has been used, especially in our community, as a defense for your for your your funny Uncle Charles, who was too handsy with your girls are always asking y'all to sit on his lap. Which yeah. was uncomfortable, and the family allowed it because why not? It's just Uncle Charles, not yeah. He family. He's a, he's a family because y'all want to defend y'all pedophile ass family members, and so the whole term of using the concept of girls being fast was to absolve your fucking predatory ass family members from um, responsibility from just being fucking creeps. So ho, we're gonna blame the young girls who can't do ain't done shit but just live their lives and be young girls and somebody's but these old men want them. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason all these young girls just always want an older guy and all the older guys that graduated two years ago would hang out at your high school yep. waiting to pick at up young girls games, and all the football games. games. Oh, they're trying to pick up young girls. Why? After school. It's a power mm-hmm. dynamic. So yep. the girl gets the whole, hey, I'm dating the older guy. And the guy gets the, hey, I got control of this young girl. That's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Um... So this is a more so this is a conversation for you because you're an actress mm-hmm. of some rapport. Very little, but some. Hush. So what is your okay? So uh, somebody wrote on Twitter that all of these fair skin or light skin women need to stop turning need to start turning down roles for women roles that are made for dark skin women. <laughs> I'm already laughing. Continue. So basically their argument is if that role is meant for a darker skinned woman or the character you're playing is meant for a darker skinned woman, why are you accepting that role? And the reason this came up is uh, 
see what this movie is called. It's a movie that's going to be coming on Netflix called The Heart of They Fall. Okay. And uh, it's basically, um, it's a Western movie. And whatever. And so Idris Elba's in it. Oh, yeah, Lakeith. Uh, Lakeith's in it. Yep. Right? I actually saw the trailer to it. It looks pretty dope. Right. Well. So the controversy surrounding Zazie Beats. She's an actress in the movie. She's a light skin. I think she's half white. Um, she's light skin. She's playing stagecoach Mary in the movie. The issue is, Stagecoach Mary was a, a, a heavy say black woman, dark skinned black woman in real life. Hmm. So people are arguing that they're basically whitewashing her character and giving this fair skinned, younger, light skinned woman her role for. Uh, but she's black. Yes, but she is not as dark skinned black, a uh, heavy set well, woman. Okay. So it's like they're basically arguing colorism, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's where the argument went. But the so I wanted to get your opinion on that. Is first of all the idea of an actress or actor turning down a role, because um, there was also controversy years ago with uh, what's her name? Um, I know who you're talking about, Zoe. Zaldana, um, when she played the and, and wore the black face, like, Nina Simone. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. So, what is your I guess your <laughs> thought first of all on the idea of turning down a role, or even not auditioning for a role if it's meant for a darker skinned woman or something like that, or whatever the case may be? Yeah, that I to me that that's kind of um, ridiculous. If they even put if you don't fit that type, usually you want to try and go out for roles that actually do fit you, or if that's you know if you're not with an agent. I'm obviously not with an agent. I'm freelance, woo woo, but. Those who, who do have agents, usually the, their agents try to pair them up when casting calls with roles that they think, you know, usually will fit their, their category of who they are um, as an actress. So um, I actually do agree with the fact that, I mean, they should, you know, be able to turn down roles that don't fit um, if if it's if it's something specific as far as like ex- exactly like if that if they're redo- creating a person that was you know of a certain color or even of a certain height or size, then you want to try and find somebody who actually fits that to a T. So I I don't get what was up with the whole Zoe thing in that in regards to casting her for Nina Simone. It's it's, it's cast it's stuff like that where I I go no. Um, but you can argue and say, like, for Lawrence Fishburne playing Ike Turner, in real life, Ike Turner was dark-skinned. Um, obviously, Lawrence Fishburne wasn't, however, but it was the delivery of him recreating Ike Turner, which people, it made people even forget about. Well, I think part of it also is back then, colorism wasn't as big a, a con- con- controversy or a conversation as it is now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more of a con- conversation now because... You know, people are just more, uh, you know, especially black people in general, they're more aware of it. They yeah. pay attention to it more often than they did back then. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a big thing. Um, I think colorism is viewed more because it's not as big an issue with black men as it is with black women. Like, because people like Eddie Murphy and people like that who are darker skinned people were fine getting roles and stuff like that. They've been acting for years. 
Right. It's the issue of fair-skinned women specifically getting more better treatment or getting more opportunities than darker-skinned women. Um, And so you have that situation. So I get... Like, I get the argument. I guess my only thing is, because I'm not an actor or actress, I don't know. So, for example, if she, because I guess it, my question then becomes, okay, let's say they, you know, her agent, they don't, the, the let's say the the casting director doesn't give any specifics on who they want. They just know, hey, this is the role for a black woman, but they don't specify, like, any preferences or anything like that. Is it the onus if she understands the character she's auditioning for? Is it on the onus on her to say, "Let me research this character"? To yeah, okay. absolutely. You're so you're always supposed to research what your character um, is that you're you're auditioning for. Even because sometimes, yes, they when you do uh, go out for casting and auditions, they sometimes do not give you a uh, complete background information about the role that they want you to read for. So you try to gather as much as you can possible, but that's also why um, you're technically supposed to break down the the script. You're um, you're supposed to actually, you know really, you know, create sort of like a backstory, <clears throat> dependent on, again, with how much information you're being given for uh, sides. So, yeah, and if you, you come across that, the fact that you, you possibly don't fit that role, then <clears throat> you're supposed to kind of negotiate or talk with your agent about, you know, in regards to not, you know, wanting to actually go out and audition for that role because that's not a role that fits you. Unless um, there have been instances where, you know, this usually happens more in plays. Well, I, I think it's starting to happen a lot more in films now where if the director is trying to take an artistic approach with how they want to direct the the project and they want to try and do that experimental thing, like this, I guess, kind of ties into that, how... The Wonder Years, the reboot of it there, you know, everybody knows the classic ABC show was originally, you know, with a white family. So this reboot now is pretty much all black family. And a lot of people had issues with it because they were just like, you know, the Wonder Years, that was a white show. Why are they doing it with all black people? But um, I actually finally caught up on it today. I I really love the show because, for one, it's. 1969 down south and it actually gives that perspective of a a local black uh, family in that neighborhood and what it was like for them growing up in 1969 but it also creates this beautiful nostalgia about just a young boy you know trying to find the ways of life you know while all of this is going on and happening i think it was it was brilliant i think what it is and so these arguments happen a lot too especially uh for example um a lot of people have this argument, and it's mostly white people, because the reality is this. White people complain, like I've seen people complain. Well, about, now it's been a couple of black people complaining, too. Well, it's because black, black people's argument will be, well, why don't they make something new? <laughs> this is new, because it's a totally different show. Because you're telling a story from the perspective of a black family living in that same era of time. Mm-hmm. Their story and their experiences are going to be totally different then that white, the original Wonder Years was more playful and, oh, you know, hey, boy next door. Hey, you know, these are the things I went through as a kid. 
his life was pretty clear, easy. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm, that show didn't get into any real controversy about race issues at that time or none of that stuff. So their experience was pretty easy. That was pretty much nothing but the modern day version of the Beaver at that time. Yep. That was what it was. Mm-hmm. This one is going to be totally different because you're telling a story from a perspective of a black family living in the 19, in the late 1960s, early 1970s. Mm-hmm. Their experience and their ex- the things they went through are totally different because that's at the height of the civil rights movement. Like, there's a lot of Dr. nuance. King shot. There's a lot of nuance and a lot of things that they have to experience, a lot of trepidation, a lot of, a lot of things. So it's the idea of not only focusing on those things and those negativities, but also just the kid growing up in that era. Mm-hmm. It's different. And also the community that black people have and, you know, things like that. I don't know. Do they live in a white neighborhood? Um, I believe so. It's like So, yeah, that's another thing you have to think about is a lot of these neighborhoods weren't, you know, privy or like, okay, with integration and us living in their neighborhood. So it's a lot of things that they're dealing with trying to be probably a middle-class black family living in this area that probably don't want them there. Well, and, in the most part, for what I've seen so far, the white people that they know mostly, they they've gotten along with. And that's and you you're you're always going to be people that like because at that time there were people that were marching with fucking Martin Luther King, so there were definitely white people who were more progressive in their thought. But I am positive there are others, yeah, of course. And as the show gets more deep into it, there will definitely be situations. I'm sure the kids are going to mm-hmm. run in situations, the fathers going to run in situations where there are people who are just not okay. Yeah. And that's going to happen. But that's the thing. You can tell all those stories. So it's not the same show. Yes, it may have the same title. And it's the same premise as far as a kid kind of telling you his story. Mm-hmm. But the stories are totally different. And totally which, from a different which, perspective. A totally different perspective. Totally different experiences. So it's a wholly new show. I just like, um, I have people who are complaining about the whole reboot of Fresh Prince. Now, yeah, but see, but that was off of the, the right. trailers, and that was a, a kid who made that and made a serious show. And Will was like, Oh, shit, this is dope, let's actually make it. So, it's not a situation where some directors just say, You know what, let's just reboot Press Friends, <laughs> right? Like, okay. that's not what happened. <laughs> like, like no. I think they feel like it's somewhere somebody was like, You know what, we ain't got no new ideas for a show. Let's just reboot Fresh Prince. No. But a lot of people wouldn't know that because they never saw they the trailer. They never saw the trailer, but they you could it's the internet. You can find out. But all but y'all see is people don't want to do that. Right, and that's the issue. We live in a world where technology allows your information to be at your beck and call by the simple push of a fucking button. And none of y'all take advantage. They just of rely it. on their friends to post it. Their and friends it's the post most it. Dumb then, shit. Okay. I have ever information is so readily available to y'all and y'all refuse to use it. Well, a my friend posted search, it, so it must be a true. Quick Google search will say, yo, this is not a situation where they just said, hey, let's just reboot this. No, this kid came over with a trailer. We'll say, oh shit, that's dope. It would be dope to see it up from a different perspective. Let me look into it. Let me let's let's try it. And that look. Like that's that should be a champion thing because this young guy who just made a trailer for the internet is now getting to produce a whole fucking show mm-hmm. for fucking NBC. Yep, that's a big thing. Absolutely. People, will sh- but people will just want to trash it. I get. Yes, there are a lot of things that are there are too many remakes of a lot of shit. I am very aware of that. But sometimes it's not a bad thing. Right. As long as it's all about how you tell the story. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the idea of casting black people in quote unquote traditionally white roles, 
my only thing is that so for because this conversation comes a lot when it comes to like uh, comic book characters and playing. Oh, they told me because there was a conversation about them putting out a black Superman or some shit like that. Right. A lot of white people were complaining about it, and it's like here's the thing: if the his him being white has nothing, because then the white people argument was like, well, what if we made a white black a white panther, a white black panther? Well. You, that's stupid. It's not the same argument because no. him being white, um, Captain America being white is not important to his character. Because this whole argument when the Captain um, Falcon um, Winter Soldier came out, mm-hmm. white Captain America, I said, yeah, I'm black Captain America. I said, yeah, because Captain America is the him being white is not especially important to his role, his uh, his role. It's traditional, but Sam was Captain America in the comic at one point. It's not a new thing. Right. On the other hand, T'Challa being black is important specifically to that role because he's an African king. king. Yes. So it's not the same argument. But Super, they'll say they'll probably say, "Well, you so, know, we use you know so, Egyptian stuff as white." And they'll be like, "Why should I get your own? Like, why? Why are we like? Why are we not making white shows like?" I said, because all of history and film has been white. Mm-hmm. Literally every, white. everything. Passion of the Christ. Everything white. has been based on white, white. sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So when we try to make some shit that fits ours, y'all have a problem with it. Yep. Just say y'all don't like that we are doing our own shit. Just, just say that. Just be they way. don't want the history to get out. They don't want the true identity of what they've done to our people to get out. They, they pretty much want to stay in power. That's what that comes down to. <sighs> People are stupid. Very much so. Um. So yeah, like I said, I don't. I like I said, I wasn't sure about the whole idea of turnaround because I, I guess my only thing was I get my only argument or only other only side of it I saw was, and in her case, it's not a, it's not an argument because she probably has she had plenty of opportunities for movies and films like that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're an actress and you're looking at roles and if you turn down a role, would that be looked at upon as a bad thing if you're up and coming or whatever the case may be? And I guess that was my only thing. But like like you said, I think you do have to understand the role you're up, you're you're auditioning for. And if you feel like it wouldn't be okay, and I get I get her point of view is like, look, I'm not turning down a role that you know to act with these particular actors and shit like that. And that's right because it's what Idris, Keith Stanfield, right. fucking uh, who else? Uh, I think Regina King. Regina King, like yeah, it's a it's a all star fucking cast. And it's produced by Jay Z and somebody else. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a huge opportunity. And I get it, but so I understand why she may think like, "Yo, I'm not turning this shit down." Right. But you know, and it could be that the casting director said, "We want a young woman," because I mean, she is doing like she's doing action sequels and stuff like that. Yeah. Like some people that were people were recommending like Octavia Spencer. I'm like, what? <laughs> what action scene? Yeah, she fits the whole I dynamic of her being a big black woman. <laughs> but what, what, uh, what action sequels is she gonna do? They, go, they were like, well, they could hire a stunt devil, and then, you know, just how they film the scenes, we can't tell that it's like, that stunt devil. Like, that was my thing. It's like, I get, I kind of get why they wanted to, they could still got a dark-skinned woman, and they, so I think that that argument was there. Even if she didn't fit the, the style, they could have still got right. a darker-skinned woman. They definitely could have done that. So, you know, so I get it. Um, so we got to talk about Nikki. Again, oh. Okay, so I talked about it on the last episode about how her whole conversation about swollen balls was a distraction from her husband's court case or them getting sued. Mm-hmm. 
Well, since then, um, her husband's victim, Jennifer Hoff, went on the reel and, inter- and did an interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, she gave details about you. You could have just like. I didn't feel hey, like getting up. You slacking ass nigga. Whatever. Um, and you married all this noise. So, Negro so Jennifer Hoff went on on the rail to basically talk about what was going on. She first ex- gave detail about what happened when he raped her. Um, and you know what happened when her family was trying to press her, um, press her about dropping the charges or changing her story because she they were you know, they didn't want to you know. Get out, basically. Right. They didn't want it to. They didn't want to, like, and I guess he, you know, because of who he was and the people with his family in the neighborhood. And who wanna... he's married to, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, this is back when he was a kid, because this was back in the 1990s, when this first happened. She's oh, talking about okay, okay. Back when it first happened, her family tried to pressure her into recanting the story. That's crazy. Because, and it's not a new thing, because you've seen episodes yeah. of, like, Law and Order, where the family might say, no, don't don't tell them the truth, don't tell them, because either because they don't want the attention or because they may know the people in the neighborhood or it may look, it's just, it, yeah, it could be a any lot number of reasons. Yeah, a lot of BS, yeah. So, especially in the black community. And that's the mm-hmm. only thing that So, she said she had went to the DA and she kind of whispered to the DA to tell him, oh, look, they're trying to pressure me. And so she went to court and yelled it, but the, they didn't accept it as. So he got it four years or whatever. Got out. She eventually left New York. Um, started, had a family eventually and she got his daughter and stuff like that, right? So, and this all started because his ass, because he had been registered as a sex offender wherever he was living. Mm-hmm. He decided, you know, he got with Nicki Minaj to go to L.A. and not register. And that's his fault. This all is your fault. Yep. If you just did what you were supposed to do, there's none of this shit would have happened. But because you didn't do what you're supposed to do, all this stuff happens to the point where now y'all threatening. Because apparently she said, she said at one point she talked to Nicki personally. Nicki tried to fly her and her family out to L.A. and all this other stuff. She sent people to my house to offer me money. She said the last time um, somebody offered me money, they set twenty thousand dollars on my lap, and I told them no. And they got and they then they I got a call basically saying you should have took the money because now we're gonna use that money to put a hit on you basically. Wow. So, um, Nikki has been in full distraction mode because Nikki ain't posted on IG in a long time, but lately she's been posting every day to distract from the fact that she, all this shit is going on behind the scenes. Like that's where basically her. Is the hey, don't look at that. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at all the other shit. This is why I didn't get the COVID vaccine. So, Mm. um, the one thing that, uh, it's a couple things. So, first thing is the first thing is that Nikki always claimed that him and her, um, her husband (coughs) and the girl were in a relationship. That was never the case. That was never the case. Oh, wow. Um, She knew him from the neighborhood, but they were never in a relationship or whatever. The fuck? The other thing is, Nikki tried to make it sound like the girl was white. Apparently, that was one of the things she, yeah, because I guess on her, on her, on her Queen Radio show, she was like something to the effect of "white is right" kind of thing, kind of making it sound like the girl. She tried to make it sound like the girl was a white girl, and this girl is clearly black. Okay, but yeah. she literally tried to make tried, she used that as a, the tag to try to make it seem like, oh no, it's just another white person trying to take this black man down. <laughs> one, wow, that's basically what she was. That doing. wow, that is wow. Um. So Ew. yeah. Um. Yeah, so Nikki and that. Other thing is, Nikki act like that's his only kid. That didn't get five other kids. Yeah, but he can't see nothing though. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that's... 
Wow. But, I, so, yeah, I, I just want to point out, for all, and, of course, the barbs are trying to, you know, do what they do. They're a little, they're very delusional. Nikki's a trash human being. Very and much so. if you so. didn't know Nikki was a trash human being, I've been telling you niggas for years, if this don't show y'all that Nikki's a trash human being, I don't know what the fuck to tell you anymore at this point. Yeah, because she, she's with somebody that molests children. She's related to one and defended his ass. And yet they don't care. But I can guarantee you, a lot of them probably are R. Kelly fans, too. They're just like trash people. Um, all right, so I got this scenario. This is a real scenario. I'm not going to give any names. So let's say this happens years back, okay? Okay. Back, my, one of my older part, my first department manager, I was going to be Taylor. So I was talking to this girl. She was from Flint, right? So she came to visit me. First time we, you know, we hung out. So she came to visit me. I guess it was after work one night. Before she came to visit me, she asked me, hey, could you give me Gasma? I'm like, sure, whatever. <clears throat> so what happened was, she, got, you know, she visited me. We spent time together. We chilled, whatever. And she was about to leave. Now, it was like almost 1 o'clock in the morning by this point. And she asked me for gas money. And I said, well, no, I was going to just go to the road to the gas station. What you talking So you wanted to go by yourself. Because it's late as hell. I don't feel like comfortable sending you to the gas station by yourself. You're a woman. I don't, I just don't. That's just me. I mean, trying to be a gentleman, right? Right. Uh, apparently that made her mad. I didn't find this out until long, until years later, apparently, that she was pissed at me for years about that, about the fact that I, she was mad at me about, and she felt the way about the fact that I didn't give her, I just didn't have her cash. And I said, but I told you the reason for it. <laughs> the reason was I was I didn't want to send you to Sound the gas like station. Sound like she was swindling. <laughs> well, no, because I've known her. Well, we've known each other for over fifteen years now, and the thing that bothers me is this. And I told her I said, because she says I understand why you did it. I still think I was justified for being mad. And my thing is this: What the fuck? Oh God! If you could say you understand why I did what I did then you should also understand that your logic at that point was flawed. Mm-hmm. And you, because you, you can say, I was 24 years old, whatever, however I was. I say, yeah, but you're not that old now. You're, it's 15 years later. You can't yeah. use that as a, so now that you're older, do you understand and accept, no, I still think I was justified for being mad. That doesn't make sense. And that's my issue. It's one thing to, yeah, look, you had a problem with it, whatever, whatever your immature brain was thinking. But you're not immature anymore. So your thought process should have evolved by now. Right. But she still is trying to justify that, no, I still think I, I reacted the way I should have. Wow. Okay. Doesn't want to take accountability, sounds like. Was it. I wrong for what I did? The way I handled that? No, not at all. Because it wasn't like I just said, I don't, I'm not giving you gas money. Right. You all didn't I said to... was, I'm going to rise to the gas station yeah, with you. Yeah, you were being a gentleman. Just trying to be a gentleman. Well, I'll follow you here or whatever, just so I can make sure I put gas in there. I'm there with you, so you're not at the gas station later set by yourself. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Because it almost makes it sound like she she wanted she was up to something. Oh no! She didn't really need the gas money. She didn't really need the gas. She's gonna try to tell me, well, you know, I, I, I just came from work. I had a long day, and I was already in a bad. Like a, I was already in bad. I was already tired, so that just made me more mad. I said, even if you were mad that night, the fact that you held on to that anger for years because we talked for a while, but I never knew why we never progressed. And only for her to tell me is because I was mad at you for a while about I was still mad. I was still holding out of anger for that. Man, wow. really? Hmm. This is the one I told you that now trying to get me to be with her, you know, she's a witcher and stuff. Like, that's, that, that's her. And this is her logic for why back then when she was, mm. you know, before she really got sick, 
that she never gave me a chance or gave us a chance is because she still held our anger towards that issue of me not giving her the gas money, even though I didn't technically not offer the gas money. You just didn't take okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy. No. That girl psycho. Very much so. And I'm glad you you kicked that out the curb. Um. So the Fujis are going on tour. Yeah, that was interesting news to hear. So it's the 25th anniversary of uh, Score. And so they decided to do a tour. They're going, it's a world tour. Mm-hmm. It was like seven or eight shows, something like that. And so they, they started by doing a pop-up show in New York. Now, recently, Lauren Hill was on Nas' album. She had a pretty good verse. Okay. A lot of people were surprised by it. Most <laughs> people yeah. just thought she was going to sing. And she actually yeah. spit a verse, right? And in her verse, she talked about people always complaining about my lateness. Oh, and she, 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 she did this line where she's like, I'm, you know, I'm out here saving souls or some shit. It was something like, and people, and people tried to make like her slide about it, right? Like, oh, yeah, she told y'all, right? <laughs> you know, these under niggas was three hours late. <laughs> I knew that. I knew it. And, and mind niggas, you, you was three hours late only to perform for basically 55 minutes. Yeah. They did seven songs. What? Seven. Wow. And people stayed there for three hours? Yes, people stayed. Whoo, so was that what that was, so the Kanye, they beat the Kanye record, didn't they? But this is a concert and she's notorious for it. Yeah. He just it, it's it's whatever. He was still working on the album, that's different. Y'all songs is made. Y'all ain't making any new songs in the back. That's totally different. She's notorious for this. Mm-hmm. Late cause she don't she don't feel like it or she's not feeling it away. I'm like, y'all niggas pay for going yeah, to Yeah, because she said y'all. she has to make sure her energy is aligned. Y'all go on them tour if y'all want. Go there If her energy is not aligned, then she's not going to well, perform My energy yet. is not going to force me to spend the money on this tour either. So <laughs> fuck you and your energy. I'm not about to sit here and allow you want me to get over my people like that. Y'all stupid. Oh, man. Um, so 21 Savage did an interview with DJ Academics, and he was talking about He's like, if I wasn't a rapper, I probably wouldn't even really listen to Drake like that. Oh, um, he says probably, you know, you know, like, cause they know he's like, really, you know, regular, you know, like, don't a regular street nigga care about like all the accolades, all that, you know, you, you, you know, the most who got the most sales on that shit. All they care about what's popping in the club. And he's like, you know, mm-hmm. I said it's probably niggas, and he's like, it's probably niggas in Atlanta that probably think future is bigger than Drake, cause that's just what they, and that's what they know. Yeah. And and a lot of people was like, no, it's like, no, he's right. Cause y'all, y'all I, what I find is people, I, I always tell people, y'all live in y'all bubble and y'all think everybody feels the same way as y'all. Mm-hmm. Just cause, for example, um, Joe Budden, he was talking about when they was going back and forth about the whole Diddy versus um, JD thing. And um, he was talking about how the Welcome to Atlanta video and how it was a big thing when um, Puff was on top of Mass Square Garden because he probably didn't get permitted to do that shit. Yeah, <laughs> but he was like, "That was yeah." They uh, yeah, Atlanta knew. Atlanta knew. He's like, "Don't nobody in Atlanta care about what's going on in New York." That's the thing y'all seem to understand, not misunderstand. Right. And it's a New York, and it's a New York bias because New York always thinks they're the the basis, the cream of the cop. Right? Yeah, they think yes. Granted, yes, New York was always is still the home of hip. Is the birthplace of hip hop. That is true. However. It is evolved since then, and so y'all are not the end all be all. So don't nobody care. Like he even had a nerve to say that New York is the reason why the, the Migos popped off, and I'm like, that's not what happened. What? Atlanta popped them niggas, right? Um, but it's just like it's the it's a New York bias, and it's like, yo, look, 
Yes, New York. Uh, Drake is yes. Drake has he has all your streaming records. You're right. He does. However, he ain't universally loved like you niggas think he is. Mm-hmm. I keep telling y'all, streaming has been around for ten years. It's easy to break records. It's only been around for ten years. It's like when people, somebody posted saying, "Is is Drake bigger than MJ?" And I want to shoot niggas. What that ain't even this? Oh my dear, yeah. I saw that and I was just like, y'all cannot be this serious. Like, like what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, and I'm not, and that's why I don't, I don't even give y'all people to pass about, yo, you know. But it was before their time. No, you mm-hmm. have the internet. You have access to everything. When I was a kid, I listened to a bunch of shit that I was before my time. You have a choice. And that was before. It was easy. That was before I, I could just, it was at, the, at my fucking phone. I had to actually look for the shit. It wasn't the internet. It wasn't. I had to find the shit. So, no. You have every ability to do this shit. So, you can't tell me that you think MJ, um, Drake is bigger than MJ. Nigga, Drake wishes he was even, he could sniff MJ's fucking boots, nigga. What the fuck right. are you talking about? <laughs> Who you telling? What the hell? Like he was he he quoted Michael Jackson or like, something like that in his that music. A, so a, a, like people be people kill me. It's like dog. people want attention, so they'll say well, it or mean, do look, anything. They mean it's some young people are oblivious to shit and they think they only think about their era and they don't think about my dog. Look, that's the difference. It's, it's funny because growing up my era, growing up when we grew up, we looked to look at the old. We wanted to listen to the older shit. Yeah, we didn't just listen to the stuff that came out when we were like when we were of age. Mm-hmm. But these people, even though they have, it's easier for them to do now because a lot they of the artists pay homage to them. So, man, if you don't say homage right, homage. <laughs> oh yeah, it's homage. I said homage. <laughs> My bad. It is homage. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing because I'm thinking of how it's spelled. Anyways, but yeah, then you know, pay homage. We always, in, I mean, they just made classic music. They made music that actually had meaning. It made sense. And uh, not just mumbling back and forth and, you know, being offbeat and not staying on beat while rapping. Like, come on now. What is your reaction? So if you say you're going on a date with a guy mm-hmm. or you're dating or talking to a guy, what is your reaction if he's spending too much time shit talking to his ex? What's your reaction? Um. Well, now, lesson learned, get out. Oh, you mean the one we warned you about? <laughs> this, uh, whatever. Anyways, like I said, get out. Uh, you, you not here. Why is yet. that a red flag? Uh, because obviously you, you're dwelling. You're still hurt. It's obvious, and you're still dwelling, dwelling on the fact that you, you're not completely over her, and that you're using me nine times out of ten as a, a, a rebound or a pawn to try and maybe lure your ex to coming back in. But you know, it's like a sign, like, you know, wanting a T-shirt and going back. Yeah, it's like that. Shut up. <laughs> I told you it's the principality. Yeah, the your bro- your brother even agreed with me, though. My brother's a whore. Well, he was. He's a reformer. <laughs> a reformer. Yeah, because but no, but he's on lockdown. No, but his reason was different. Your reason, his reason is because he's petty. No, Yours no. was because you wanted to get back to that person. Chris didn't care. Chris is petty. That's totally different. But I mean, that was yeah. also part of no, it. That was a, that was a power thing. No, but you over it, which we finally admitted a long time after that fact. We finally said, like, yeah, I wouldn't. I'm like, yeah, I know. We, we don't even go back to your dipping. Um, Be quiet. We don't get back into that. We don't get into Be that. quiet. You anyways. For the anyways. Anyways. Falling for the okey-doke. Okay, stop putting my business out. Kansas City Shuffle. <laughs> Shut up. The Kansas City Shuffle. <sighs> I gotta watch that movie again. I love that movie. The, that's what it's called, Kansas no, City. Lucky stuff? number, lucky number seven. Okay, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Really, never seen it. It is amazing. Um, 
stars Bruce Willis. Um, I can't remember that kid's name. He was like a big star at the time. He was in a couple other movies. Was he in The Sixth Sense? No. He was okay. a grown kid. Okay. Um, so a teenager? Uh, freaking, um, what's his name? Macaulay uh, Culkin? No. Not the kid. I'm not talking about him now. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? You know Morgan, you can... Morgan Freeman was in it. You can always um, just look it up. <clears throat> Who else was in it? Lucy Liu was in it. Oh wow! Um, when did this come out? I think didn't this come out in like the early two thousands? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was in it? Um, Josh Harnett. Josh Harnett was in it. Ben Kingsley was in it. Uh, Stanley Tucci was in it. Like it was a. Uh, so basically, the premise was it starts. It starts with Bruce Willis at his guy at, the, uh, at a train station or a bus station, mm-hmm. and Bruce Willis is in the pulls up to him, shows up. The guy falls asleep in the train station. He wakes up and Bruce Willis is next to him. He tell he's in a wheelchair, um, and he tells him the story about this fucked up situation. And basically, it was a it was a horse race. So it was this guy. He was a huge he was a, he had a huge gambling problem. He had a kid and a wife. He had a huge gambling problem. He bet he got uh, a, he got some inside information about a, a horse that was a fixed horse, so he bet on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happened there was some new um, crime bosses in the city, and they wanted to make an example for people because basically he bet he bet with the bookie and he bet all his money that he would have won, and they all he took they took so these new crime bosses that were taking over the city. They wanted to make an example of anybody that was going to try to basically get over on them. So they killed the bookie. They took the bet. They killed the horse. Damn. They killed him. Damn. They were going to, they hired a specialist to kill his son. And then they killed his wife. So Bruce Willis tells his story and calls it the Kansas City Shuffle. He tells that it's called the Kansas City Shuffle. He's like, what does that mean? He's like, well, you look one way, and it's something else going on this way. And when the guy turns that way, he snaps his neck. We never know. We don't know why. Mm. He snaps his neck. He takes the guy's watch. Then next thing you know is the scene with Josh Harnett wiping off the steam on a, win- uh, a, 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 dining- a bathroom window. Um, he meets Lucy Lou, who's the guy's neighbor across the street. So what it is is he's in here. He said, I'm visiting my friend. He has a broken nose at this point. He's I'm visiting my friend. I don't know where he is. Um, I'm, I'm, as I'm coming in, I broke, somebody hit me. I, I did something and a guy broke, uh, I broke my nose and stole, you know, robbed me, whatever. So he's giving this whole story. This to In the midst of it, some guys show up to his apartment, to the apartment, and they think he's the guy who, his friend who lives there, and they take him instead. Hmm. Take him to see Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman basically says, you owe me money. So since you owe me money, I need you to kill this person. Interesting. Okay. So the kid gets and at this point the cops are watching this building at the time because basically Morgan Freeman is he's the the penthouse of the building, but he owns the whole building because he's a crime boss. Um. So then the kid goes home and gets kidnapped again by two Jewish guys, and the Jewish guys wow. take him to the building across the street from the building he was just in. <laughs> and he beats, he meets uh, Ben Kingsley. 
And Ben Kingsley says, you owe me money. I need you to kill so-and-so. Interesting. And it becomes this whole back and forth. What you come to find out is Bruce Willis was the specialist that they hired to kill the kid. He couldn't kill the kid. Mm. He raised the kid. Now they're back to get revenge. So they set up this whole thing. Well, basically what happened was they set up this whole plan. Bruce Willis uh, killed the uh, the bookie. So basically what it was is that the kid killed uh, Morgan Freeman's son. So basically the two crime bosses that took over the city that did the shit, the rabbi and rabbi who was uh, Ben Keasley and the boss who was, they eventually fell out. Mm-hmm. So now they basically stay in their penthouse towers, which are right across each other. So they basically watch each other, trying to make sure the other one's not trying to kill the other one. Like they, they're like this is they live in fear of their lives from each other. So they literally live across the street from each other and watch each other. Like that's how it is, right? So what happened was they come up with this whole idea of the kid kills uh, Morgan Freeman's son. Morgan Freeman assumes that. Ben Kingsley character killed his son. Mm-hmm. So Morgan Freeman calls in a specialist, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis comes to town and says, I have an idea. I don't want to make it seem like a hit. Let's, let's find, let's make this other kid do the dirty work for us. So now that you, I, your son is dead, we're going to kill the rabbi's son. Also, the rabbi's son is called Name the Fairy because he's gay. Everybody knows he's gay, but whatever. They named the fairy. It's stupid. Mm. Um, so <coughs> he basically pissed them against each other. He tells Morgan, "This is what we should do. We should get this kid. Let's find a kid in your bookie, a book that owe, that owes you money." Mind you, before this, Bruce Willis killed um, the bookie that worked for Morgan Freeman, so he knew the name he was looking for because they identified this guy, killed the guy. Took his basically took his identity so that he could pretend to be him and get mistaken for him and everything. Mm-hmm. In the midst of all this, he's also playing a rabbi and saying, We need to do this, this, and this. Oh, to set so him this up. is like a they're playing each other yeah. against the middle only for them to then come to reveal, um, yo, you got he told the story, you guys killed my father, you killed my mother. The other thing about it is this the whole time there's a detective who's been watching the rabbi and the boss. And watching their houses, and so he sees his kid coming out both houses. So he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Only for us to find out that the cop used to be, have a gambling problem, and he owed them money. He was the guy they made kill the wife, so he got the cop at the end too. Wow, interesting. Um, he called himself Slevin Calavera, and he was like, "Why is his name?" Um, Slevin was the name of the horse in the race. <laughs> wow, um, this is so it was a whole morning, but it's amazing just how it comes together. And it's like, yo, because you don't really, when you first watch it, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You're just seeing all these different things, and you go, okay, they're mistaken for a different person, only for you to find out. And so, the way they killed his dad was they put a plastic bag over his head and, make, and just let him sit there and die. Damn, so he killed him the same way. Um, so the other thing about it is that. The only thing that the hiccup was, he fell for Goosey Goo. Him and him, they fell for each other. Well, I guess she saw Bruce Willis's character, who's Good Cat, who was his name. And so he took a, she took a picture of him. He realized it, so he was like, I got to kill her. The kid warned her where he was going to shoot her. 
so she can like protect herself. So his his plan was to run away with her, and so he when at the end when he at the airport, he's like, I'm sorry, I I didn't think you would understand. He's like, I understood because I did the same thing for you. I couldn't kill you, so I understand you didn't want her to die if you care about her, right? So that's how I ended. But it was they got everybody back. Everybody died. He's like, oh, clever means good dog or bad dog. So. The, it, there's a point in the um, where the cop is in the car. And he gets a call from um, uh, one of the other detectives, and he's telling him the story about the situation and what happened with the whatever. And he's like, "Oh shit, I remember that situation." And it's like, "Slevin is the the name of that horse." He's like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. So he's like, "What is the oh Calevra?" So this guy who was he's who's a Jewish, he knows what Calevra means, bad dog. And as soon as he well, no, as soon as he said, "What's uh, what's Calevra?" Calevra means bad. And so he's like, "It means." And as soon as he does that. The, the kid sits up in the back of his car, bad dog, boom. Because then they show the scene where his his mom's getting killed, and you see that it was the cop that did it. Uh, so it's it's a I love it sounds fucking, interesting. I love this it, fucking movie, right? I love this movie. Um, so yeah, if you ever get a chance to watch it, please do because I love yeah, that fucking movie. I definitely will. Um, do you know who Karen Civil is? Explain who that is. I don't really know how to describe what Karen does, but Karen... Karen's a Karen? No, Karen's a black woman, first of all. Oh. Um, Karen is... She's in... She works in the music industry. I, I, I don't know. I guess the best way to describe her is she does kind of marketing to some extent. Okay. She worked with Nipsey Hussle at one point. She worked with Mac Miller. She's worked with a few people. Um, Whatever. So she's one... It basically like a situation where if you're an artist, you kind of get, you know... She helps with promotion. She does a lot of different things. She actually worked on Hillary's campaign years ago uh, when Hillary's running for um, president. She worked, she's done a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. So back years ago, Cameron came out and basically accused her of stealing money from somebody he knew or something to that effect. Now, nobody really said anything about it or it kind of kind of went and came Because it was Cameron. Yeah. So more recently, um, there's a, a, a comedian named Jesse Wu. I guess she worked on Wild and Out, Wild and Out, or something like that. Yeah. I guess she sued Karen Civil for some and won or whatever. I guess for money or whatever. So because of that, now that Karen lost his case, people start coming out the woodwork accusing Karen of doing shady shit. Um, the first one was Joyner Lucas, who accused her saying, uh, "Karen basically stole sixty thousand dollars from me. It was the last. It was the last money I had, and I had a kid on the way, and you took it." Or and didn't do your, what you're supposed to do, something to that effect. Then you stop answering my calls, blah, 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 whatever. And so basically what it was is, I guess she offered him a marketing package. These are the things we're going to do. And he, he accused her of not not holding up her end of the bargain and just taking his money and not really doing the work. Um, Karen's defense was like, yo, everything don't always work. And that doesn't mean I wasn't doing the work just because I didn't answer your call right away. I was on vacation and something to that effect. Whatever. The fuck? It was all back <laughs> and forth, whatever. So... I think uh, then somebody else came out and accused her. And then Jason Lee, who owns uh, the site Halloween, Hollywood Unlocked, is a gossip site. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Lee came out and accused Karen of basically hiring somebody to um, hack his site. Right? Wow. Um, and so they all got on Clubhouse. And she basically admitted to it. She said, yeah, I called the kid. And, and had him do it. I didn't offer him any money or anything because the kid said, so basically what Jason says that we knew about it because the kid, you didn't pay the kid and the kid came and told us that you had to hack our site or whatever. And she basically owned up to it. So a lot of people were like, she going to get her. I'm like, yeah, that's, it's, at most she might have to pay a fine, but it's not going to be that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But whatever the case may be, it was a lot of people were piling on trying to get a Karen um, about her shady business dealings, as it were, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, some people were defending her like whatever. It's like, I've never known Karen to do this. She's never had any issues with me or whatever. But it was a lot of people piling on and going after her. My thing is, and I always tell people, and I, I tweeted about this, y'all have to understand how the working industry works. Mm-hmm. And um, business, especially in the entertainment business in Period. general. Period, yes. When it comes to, yes. So, yes, while I understand it's, it's fucked up for her to steal, if she stole money from Jordan Lucas, that is fucked up. My question to Jordan Lucas is, why the fuck would you give her 60 grand? If you had exactly. a kid, if you say it's your last last bit of money, you have a kid on the way. Why are you giving anybody sixty grand? Yeah, that's stupid. There's a certain level of culpability you have to take in that because that's an irresponsible last decision very, to make. Very much. So. Yes, I understand you're trying to make it as an artist, but I'm sorry, there are certain priorities you have to have. You say you had a kid on the way, so why the fuck are you giving up your last money? Right. That is dumb. The fact that you even had sixty grand to give anybody is a whole another question. But okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um. So that's my, my 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 thing is look, I understand that yes, there are shady people in the music industry and people who do things. Um and they, they take advantage of people. And they're also, yes, there are plenty of people who offer marketing, you know, deals, hey, we're gonna do this, this, this and you for you, and you pay them a certain fee, and that doesn't mean they're going it's no guarantee that either the marketing is gonna work, it's gonna take off or whatever. For example, when my sister and them started their first pro- when they first started their podcast, after about six months of getting gaining the audience. Some internet radio station came in and was like, yo, we want to offer y'all the contract to, you know, put your content on our internet radio station. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I read that contract, I said, contract, I said, fuck no. Because basically this is y'all signing over all your rights to all your content, your podcast name, everything. Y'all won't own shit. Y'all can't make any new content under, content under that name without giving it to them. Also, it doesn't guarantee y'all money from the ads. It's like y'all have to reach a certain threshold before y'all even get paid. So y'all basically signing over all y'all shit and not guaranteeing y'all getting anything for it. Mm-hmm. They're basically getting y'all for free content. Fuck all of that. We can do this shit ourselves. No, no. Right. So people are always going to try to get over and get, and take advantage of somebody who's gullible, who don't understand the industry, understand how it works. But the reality is just the entertainment industry is shady as shit. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You have to understand and, and, and pay attention to understand how to navigate it. But the last thing you should be doing is giving somebody 60 grand just because you saw them take a few pictures on Instagram with a bunch of celebrities. Don't mean right. shit. That you don't sound know like fire festival vibes. Like You don't know that person from a candy paint, dog. Definitely fire fest vibes. So uh, it's just people got to learn and pay attention. And this is crazy to me. People keep falling for this shit. Exactly. That's like that. You know, I could turn your five do- your five dollar into five thousand less than an hour. You just got to. I mean, if it. another person follows me on Twitter from that uh, some uh, with some forex or some shit, and they um buy all my fucking screen. <laughs> the fuck. Um. What I found, people like okay. I saw somebody tweet um, saying, hey, you people that don't want, you know, you, you people are too grown to not have a house by now. Something to that effect. Okay. I had this conversation with, one of my, um, with the Mexican one time with uh, Taki. And uh, I said, look, well, I love, like, do I, like, do I want to eventually buy a house? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I need a house now? No. no. It's just me. Mm-hmm. And yes, while I could buy one, do I want to? Because so that's argue, a lot of upkeep. That's and that's my thing. The argument for buying a house is the difference in cost. Like if I'm paying eleven hundred or however much I'm paying for rent, I could pay less than that for a mortgage. You're right. However, for what I'm paying, when I'm paying less in mortgage, I'm going to make up for it in maintenance and probably double it. Mm-hmm. 
because I got to cut grass, I got to shovel snow, I got to do all these other things around my, I got to keep all these other things, maintenance, you know, the thing I got to do, my fucking apartment flooded, no idea, I called my fucking leasing office and they took care of it. Yep, that's a convenience. That shit, that's a yes. convenience. So why, yes, I am paying more per month for rent, per, you know, in some cases, I, the convenience <clears throat> of it is beneficial to me because guess what? I'm not cutting grass. Right. Fuck all that shit. I haven't cutting grass since I moved to my parents' house, and I refuse to do that shit. Fuck cutting grass. I ain't shoveling nobody's snow. Fuck that, too. Mm-hmm. Fuck all of that. All the other key, yes, eventually I will buy a house. But the whole idea that I should have a house by now because I'm a certain age is bullshit to me. There's no requirement because, first of all, it's just me. So why the fuck am I buying a house? Right. Like, what's the fucking point? This whole idea, people think that there's certain issues that have certain things. You're Yes. Like, do I think you should have a car? Yeah. Unless you live in an area where it's not required, like in New York, probably. Mm-hmm. In Michigan, yes, yeah, you definitely <clears throat> have a car. If you live in New York, probably it's not required because most people don't even drive. They take the subway or they, they take taxis. So it's probably not as big a deal to have a car in New York. Here in Michigan, we don't have public transportation like that. So... Take your ass and get a car. It doesn't have to be the greatest car. So you get a car. That's fine. But I'm not going to shame anybody who doesn't have a car. Oh, you broke. You don't get a car. It's not my fucking place. Mm-hmm. I don't know your situation. Right. And who the fuck am I to judge you? Like, people be killing me. Crazy. What the fuck are you looking on your phone? Don't Ashley worry been about it. her phone for the last... But I'm listening to She either caking with I'm some listening. whack nigga... First off, I'm not caking. Let's be clear. Oh, yeah. I'm I meant single. to ask you, how was your date last time I talked to you? It was a, okay, movies. I hung out with my friends. So the thing is, we both were hungry, so we ended up going to Bahama Breeze. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Because, I mean, the the mm-hmm. movies and stuff were already, like, mm-hmm. we wasn't going to that. So, but no, mm-hmm. it was my first time having Bahama Breeze. You've never been to Bahama Breeze. God, what the hell was wrong with you? Shut up. But... Food was excellent. The drinks were even more excellent. So there's this dragon fruit margarita that... Like in the dick? Oh, my God. No. Dad, no. Again, friends. Friends. Yeah, friends okay. Okay, Ashley. Going I, out with each other. I know about your friends. Whatever. None about that. No. I know about your... I know about your friends. No, Won't you don't. you suck them down? <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Do, do not listen. <laughs> views and opinions that uh, just took place are not my views and opinions. <laughs> So, are my observations of your behavior, Ashley. It's fine. Lies. It is what it is. Lies. I know Ashley. He I know how she knows. works. He only knows some, some things. About I him. know you better than most people, Ashley. Some. There's I still some pre- parts you 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 know enough. You know enough, and a little bit more than what more the the average blowjob. I probably would know. don't know about what your female friends know. I shouldn't because I'm not a female. I, I should, there's but you things. don't know about all the guys. I've only I talked don't, about. I don't because I haven't known you long enough to know all about. The Plus, I would probably judge you <laughs> if I knew about all of them. <laughs> Who cares? You judge me now anyway. So. I only judge you for ones I warned you about. Uh, okay. Because I'm smart, and I told you. And matter of fact, it wasn't just me. It was like four of us. <laughs> okay, whatever. That warned you. <laughs> um, I think that's the last topic I got to talk about. Oh, last thing. Because <laughs> I keep seeing people going. Would you take a dinner with Jay-Z or 500K? <laughs> Man, I, look, I'm going to take the 500K. Because, look, you know, you you technically, you you get to talk with Jay-Z. However, Jay-Z will probably look at you like, you, you, 
Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> like he gonna look at y'all like a fucking idiot. you you what you did what? You right. a fucking idiot. Yeah. Cause if Jay Z is nothing else, he's a hustler. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you're gonna do is tell your dumb ass to turn on five hundred K. Yep. Just to see with him. Cause he gonna look at you like a fool. Yep. And be like, you know what? I don't talk to idiots. So I'm good. This, this, this was a cancel. test. You, what, you, you failed. failed. <laughs> um yeah, that that conversation has been <clears throat> hilarious. With that being said, I ain't got shit else to talk about. I'm done. We talked a long time. Well, enough. they did also say, uh, <laughs> okay, this is obviously trolling Bow Wow, but they said dinner with Bow Wow or a $50 Walmart gift card. You niggas is trash. Sean Ma- <laughs> they, they did Sean Moss so bold. <laughs> All right, last opinion. JD versus Diddy, who would you take? Okay, I'm gonna probably have to marinate on that even more, but right off top, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to marinate on that some more. The issue I had was is that people tried to act like JD couldn't compete with Diddy. No, Diddy tried to act like JD couldn't compete. Oh, with oh no! First off, yeah, no, JD got hits not just with you know. Bow Wow and Usher, but he had hits with Escape. He he had Crisscross, and plus, like he he been in the game since what he was like sixteen. Yeah, that's when he was um sixteen, right? This was before Crisscross, right? JD has been around the music industry all his life because his father is Michael Malden. Well, okay, yeah, that's but it. yes, he he's been doing things for a long time. Also, as JD pointed out, just for you niggas to understand, he is in the songwriters. Hall of Fame. fame. Mm-hmm. There are only three other people he named because Jay Z is in there, Missy is in there, and Dallas Austin from that era. So let's, let's be clear: he's in the Songwriters Hall, Hall of, fame. of Fame. I do things that Puff can't. Mm-hmm. Yes, Puff is an executive producer. Yes, Puff may tell you where to put, you know, how stuff sounds, stuff like that. But Puff ain't sitting there walking into the room with an NPC and making that shit. That's just not what he does. Right. And so it's different. And while yes, Puff can yeah, Puff has look if this is uh, if we're playing like and I think yeah, it, Puff has a cheat code because he can play everything that was on Bad Boy and I understand it's a big catalog, mm-hmm. but don't act like JD ain't got shit. Exactly, ain't got a whole bunch of shit because he produced a lot of shit. He can play the whole fucking correct confessions album because he wrote the shit. Mm-hmm. So let's be clear, niggas need to stop disrespecting JD like that. Very much. Also, Puff calling out Dre. Sorry, Puff. <sighs> Dre is busy. Right. Doing the half palm show at the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. With Eminem and Mary J. Blige. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Snoop, and Kendrick Lamar are ha- are doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl this uh in February. Mm-hmm. And I am I can't wait. be crib walking the whole time because this shit is that's the perfect LA Super Bowl. So. And of course, to all the um, the, the su- white supremacists that say, "Well, I guess the NFL just lost a fan today." We Fuck won't you. miss you. Goodbye. Won't miss you. Goodbye. Um, y'all also said like it's fine. Um, <laughs> also, uh, apparently, Little Fizz apologized to Amarion because uh, shocking, shocking, his baby breaking mom. news. And the reason it happened is because he need that check. So, yep. with that being said, hey. I'm gonna close out on that. Get um, money. That. Get money. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Don with the King Pod on Instagram or DWTK Pod on Twitter. <clears throat> you can follow me on Will, uh, Will, Will K the King on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow uh, Ashley at that's Ashley K A Y on Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she's a jerk, so she went on Twitter. Um, yeah, really. You can email the pod, down with the king podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so for Ashley and myself, uh, until next time. Happy fall, happy October, trick or treat. Fuck all that. Bye, bitches.